Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Arch Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning through the present. And today we want to continue to look at a little bit of our study on the life and presidency of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And so if you recall in our last shows, we talked about his military background during World War II, many of his health issues that he had growing up of not being a very healthy young boy, having a tremendous bad back, which almost caused him to die twice through operations. And the, actually, the priest came and gave him the last rites. His problems in the South Pacific when his PT boat was torpedoed by the Japanese and Ensign Kennedy had to help bring his men ashore onto a beach. And fortunately, they were rescued by Americans. That totally would have changed American history quite a bit. And then when Ensign Kennedy came home, he decided that he wanted to go into politics his father, Joe Kennedy, was really hoping that the oldest brother, Joe Kennedy, would go into politics. And the father really was grooming the oldest son, Joe Kennedy, hopefully to be president of the United States. Unfortunately, Joe Kennedy was killed in World War II flying over the English Channel. And we believe that his plane blew up unintentionally. But nonetheless, Joe Kennedy was killed in the early stages of World War II. John Kennedy was the younger brother. So when John decided to go into politics, the father had to now groom the next Kennedy in line, ultimately and hoping for one of their sons to become president of the United States. And we looked at John Kennedy was the youngest elected president in American history. He was our 35th president. He was the first president to be born in the 20th century. He was our first Roman Catholic president, now Joe Biden being our second Roman Catholic president. And John Kennedy is the only president to date who has won a Pulitzer Prize. So, we see his many different problems, physical problems, physical ailments from several conditions that he had, including his tremendous bad back, which caused him oftentimes to have to sit in a rocking chair and sit up straight, caused him to have a tremendous amount of medications given to him throughout his presidency, of which the American public knew nothing till long after his presidency was over. And that is why, listeners, if you look at pictures of John Kennedy during his presidency, sometimes you'll notice that his face was fairly puffy, and other times you'll notice that his, his face was very drawn, and he was very thin, and he was taking a lot of steroids to reduce the amount of pain that he had. And we know what steroids do. They, they cause this puffiness in your face and in your limbs. So John Kennedy had tremendous physical problems. We never knew it as the American public. He came across as very young, very vibrant, had a young family, young children, uh, that, that good quippy sense of humor that he had. 
his wonderful ability to be a very, very good speaker, which brought Kennedy through many of the situations of his presidency. Unfortunately, he did not have a lot of political experience, even though he was a congressman for a short time and a senator for, for the first term. He didn't have a lot of strong political records to run on when he became president. And we looked at some of those situations in past shows that caused him some trouble at the beginning of his presidency. One was Nikita Khrushchev, the prime minister of the Soviet Union, particularly with the Bay of Pigs fiasco and the problems that was caused because of that. Khrushchev thought that Kennedy was an inexperienced, young, weak president. So Khrushchev began to do things to try to push to see how far he could get with President Kennedy. And we see Kennedy actually learning on the job and ultimately getting to the place where he stood up against Nikita Khrushchev, particularly with the Berlin crisis, the 13 days of Cuban Missile Crisis, and Khrushchev said that oftentimes when he met with John Kennedy, he was very smart, but he was very inexperienced. Well, Kennedy learned quickly about how to deal with the Soviets, how to deal with Nikita Khrushchev, how to remain strong, and how to keep America strong throughout his very short presidency that was only 1,063 days long. So we looked at a lot of, of the foreign policy situations during the Kennedy administration. And today we want to look at many of the domestic policies that John Fitzgerald Kennedy had in his short presidency. And listeners, I will say it again. I am absolutely amazed in the short presidency that JFK had and the health problems that he had and constantly being under medication and constantly in pain, what he was able to accomplish in a very short amount of time in a very short presidency. It's just amazing to me what he was able to do. His first domestic policy was he decided he was going to increase the minimum wage, which, as things usually do not change, we are right now going through that fight with the president and Congress about should the minimum wage be raised, which I believe a lot of men in Congress, a lot of women in Congress, the president wants to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour. It's somewhat humorous that during the Kennedy administrations, he increased minimum wage from $1 to $1.25, which just, it's humorous to see that Minimum wage was a dollar, and he raised it to a dollar twenty-five, which was a big deal. Just like today, if we raise minimum wage to fifteen dollars, how big of a deal that would be. President Kennedy was very concerned about conservation. He was very concerned about the quality of our farming and what farming was doing to produce the crops for us and what farming possibly was doing to rob the nutrients from the soil. So Kennedy had the Farming Act passed of 1962. And basically what that was, it was similar to Franklin Roosevelt's program 
called the Soil Bank Act, or that was Eisenhower's plan, that the government would give low interest loans to farmers for conservation and how to be able to most effectively use their land, produce as much crops as possible without destroying the soil. So it was a very, very popular act with our farmers. In 1961, President Kennedy also had the Housing Act of 1961 passed, and that act, it gave $49 billion to urban renewal in the cities. How can we build our cities? How can we get rid of this plight in our city? What can the federal government do to help renew the urban areas of our country, because even in 1961, we began to see and saw how seriously in trouble so many of our cities were for the lack of housing, the lack of fair housing, the lack of quality housing, and the importance to have people, particularly if they wanted to live in the city, to have their own home and take care of it and maintain it. So that was the Housing Act of 1961, which was $49 billion given for urban renewal. Another one was tied to the Housing Act was the Area Redevelopment Act of 1961, and that was $300 million given to economically distressed areas, not only in the cities, but also in the distant plains and highways of America, such as Appalachia and other economically very distressed areas, to be able to bring electricity and modern technology and to begin to help out these economically distressed areas for several of our industries that were beginning to either possibly go overseas or they were beginning to be phased out, particularly I'm thinking of steel and how oftentimes with these corporations, they would come in the area and for years and years, they would hire the people in the area, produce all this product, and then they would decide to shut down or sell or ship it overseas. And then we have these economically distressed areas. And listeners, one of those in our area was Phoenixville. And Phoenixville became economically distressed. And if you've been driving through Phoenixville over the past few years, you will notice this regeneration of Phoenixville and how it's turning back around and the renaissance that's going on in, in Phoenixville with new companies going in there, with the restaurants going in there, with the shops going there, and we really begin to see a renaissance in Phoenixville. And that was pretty much what John Kennedy had in mind when he did the Area Redevelopment Act. During the Kennedy years, the 23rd Amendment was passed, which and Kennedy supported. That gave the right to people living in Washington, D.C., the right to vote in national elections which was very important because up until that time, because it, it is a district, not a state, these people that were citizens of Washington, D.C. could not vote in national elections. During the Kennedy administration, also the 24th Amendment was passed, and this is where we begin to see another push legally towards 
equality and equal rights for every human being living in the United States. The 24th Amendment eliminated the poll tax, P-O-L-L, tax, from voting. And primarily, we saw a tremendous amount of those shenanigans going on in the southern states, which a lot of people were held back from voting because they weren't able to pay the tax for the privilege and God-given right to vote. So that was now on a national level that there would be no more poll tax and federal marshals now would monitor that uh, across our country so that everyone then had the, the equal opportunity to vote. Our economy, at the end of the Eisenhower administration, it began to take, as it always does, ebb and flow quite a bit, minor ebbs and flows. Well, what President Kennedy did during his short presidency it looked like, if you're standing today and looking back on the Kennedy years, it looked like John Kennedy would be more conservative than he was a Democrat. But things change over the years. Certainly, the Democratic Party has changed and a lot of, changed a lot of its stance and positions over the years, and so has the Republican Party changed a lot of positions over the years. So John Kennedy wanted, obviously, America to prosper. He wanted America to remain strong in the world. Listeners, I remind you again that we were in the midst of the Cold War and we needed to stay economically strong, militarily strong, to stand against the Soviet Union and also to encourage other countries to migrate towards or move towards democratic elections and to live in freedom. So what Kennedy, first thing John Kennedy did is he cut taxes for businesses and he also cut taxes for individuals. So if John Kennedy is cutting taxes for businesses and he's cutting taxes for individuals, ultimately long range, that is what today most Republicans will call supply-side economics. Cutting taxes for businesses will give them more money to invest in research and development. It will give them more opportunity to become successful, to create new products, thus hire more individuals who were able to get a paycheck and then go out and spend it and continue that process. So also, President Kennedy also cut taxes for individuals. So each individual paying taxes in our country had more money to spend. Business began to boom. We began to have an economic boom in the early 1960s. President Kennedy also increased, not decreased, he increased defense spending by 20%. This is a Democrat who increased defense spending by 20%. Again, knowing that we're in the midst of the Cold War, we need to stay strong and diligently strong. We need to stay militarily strong. And we could not and would not allow the Soviet Union to surpass us in, in, our, in our defense because we all believed that Soviet Union's ultimate goal was to destroy our democratic republic. 
Did it work? Well, the GMP, the gross national product, increased by 5.5% each year Kennedy was in office. Inflation, which as we speak is about 8.3%, inflation during those Kennedy years was at 1%. Industrial production, it rose by 15% a year. So you can see what President Kennedy did to implement prosperity is cutting taxes, increasing defense spending, the GNP grew, inflation was very low, industrial production rose by 15%, and the one I love the most is car sales increased by 40% during those Kennedy years. So we can see what John Kennedy did to spur the economy, which is very foreign to where most Democrats are today in their thinking. JFK also appointed Arthur Goldberg and Brian White to the Supreme Court. During the Kennedy years, the civil rights movement was in full swing. Kennedy verbally supported civil rights during the campaign of 1960. If you remember when Martin Luther King was in jail, John Kennedy quietly called Coretta Scott King and told her that he would help get MLK out of jail. He sent Bobby Kennedy, the attorney general, to get MLK out of jail. And Kennedy did all that behind the scenes, not because he wasn't in support of the civil rights movement, but because he knew we had to move slowly, bringing the Southern Democrats, or what we call the Dixiecrats, along with him to begin to finally get to that place where they could see it. Uh, so he moved slowly, and he moved behind the scenes so not to alienate the Southern Democrats. During the Freedom Rides of 62, President Kennedy assigned federal marshals to protect them, the Freedom Riders of 1962. In March of 61, President Kennedy signed the executive order that applicants and employees all be treated equally in the United States government. Executive Order 10925, applicants and employees all will be treated equally, not only in the government, but also for any time they applied to a job. If you remember James Meredith, he was the first African-American to be admitted to the University of Mississippi. And though they admitted him by mistake, when he showed up for class, they refused to admit him. President Kennedy sent 400 marshals and 3,000 troops in the University of Mississippi in order to protect James Meredith from the rioting that was going on and for James Meredith to be accepted into the University of Mississippi. He also intervened when George Wallace, the uh, racist Democratic governor of Alabama, when George Wallace tried to block black students at the University of Alabama, President Kennedy intervened for that. And then ultimately, he started, during the Kennedy's last few months in office, he started the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was ultimately passed during the early months of Lyndon Johnson's presidency in 1964. President Kennedy was also very concerned about equal rights for women. He signed another executive order called the Presidential Commission on the State of Women 
and the state for equality of women to look at that. He also passed, signed the Equal Pay Act in all government employees. So you were paid not by gender, but by the job. During the march in Washington in August of 1963, Martin Luther King's I of the Dream speech, Kennedy channeled money to the supporters of the I have, or the march in Washington in August of 1963. And then by September, September 15th, President Kennedy openly pushed for the Civil Rights Act of 1964 right after that horrific bombing and the killing of many people at the 16th Street Baptist Church. So Kennedy openly now supported the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and that is September. President Kennedy was beginning to bring our military advisors home from Vietnam in September and October. Uh, Vietnam was not going well for the South Vietnamese. The South Vietnamese did not like their dictator, ZM. They wanted to get rid of him. The Kennedy administration understood that. They told the leaders in that government that replace him, set up a new government. We will support you. Please just don't kill ZM. It's going to make you look very bad. And we will support you, which they agreed to do. Unfortunately, on November 1st of 1963, they arrested ZM, handcuffed him, put him in the back of a truck and shot and killed him which always, always leaves up a question, what would John Kennedy do from that point on? Because it really began to unravel in South Vietnam. Unfortunately, 21 days later, on November 22nd, President Kennedy was assassinated in Dealey Plaza by Lee Harvey Oswald. And everything began to change in our history. And everything began to move in a different direction. And unfortunately for a lot of Americans, that's where a lot of Americans began to give up that there's hope for a better future. And we struggled for many years through that. So let me leave you with a couple of President Kennedy's quotes, some of the famous quotes. In his inaugural address, when he said, the torch has been passed on to a new generation of Americans. For the problems are not all solved, and the battles are not all won. We stand together on the edge of a new frontier. Freedom has many difficulties, and democracy is not perfect. But we have never had to put a wall up to keep our people in or to prevent them from leaving us. And then the last one. When President Kennedy committed us to be on the moon, we chose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they're easy, but because they're hard. So John Kennedy's short presidency had a tremendous amount of situations that he worked through and was working in. And unfortunately, he was beginning to go seek his second term when he was shot down and murdered in Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, and that changed so much of our history. So this young president, the youngest elected president 
only president for 1,063 days, had a tremendous impact on America during his presidency, and then the psyche of America after he was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963, which radically changed a tremendous amount of our future history. So this is WFYL 1180 AM, working for your liberty. <laughs>